Big problems can be solved when smart minds and good hearts get together. Being exposed to a connected network of diverse voices, opinions and characteristics can truly expand one's ability to get an accurate picture of the environment and to make the best decisions for self and organization. This podcast brings together an ecosystem of next practice innovators and influencers to talk about leadership practices required to shape a better connected and safer world. Welcome back to episode 6 of our podcast channel. In this episode, we have Amr Salem, an industry veteran in the space of smart cities and Internet of Things, who is also the CEO of Quantilla Incorporation. At Quantilla, Amr leads a global organization headquartered in the USA with presence in Europe and Asia. Quantilla's smart city platforms enable decision-making through the aggregation of real and historical data that taps on operational intelligence and deep learning. Application and outcomes include reduced energy consumption, improved traffic flows, reduced climate rates, better monitoring of public health, optimized waste collection and management, and many more. As a leader, Amr has been ahead of the current new normal of remote work. Since more than 10 years ago, he has grown multinational businesses in the Middle East, North Africa and USA, all through geographically distributed teams. Today, we are privileged to have Amr on our show to share his insights on leadership to contribute value and results. Hi Amr, thanks for joining us on the show. I know you are in the industry veteran and in smart cities and the Internet of Things. But more than that, you are also a believer and practitioner of technology being the tool to bridge the digital and physical world and to support making people and cities smarter. Can you tell us about your personal journey that led you to where you are now? Um, thanks for having me. Um, I, I am an engineer by education. Uh, that's how I started. I was uh, a software engineer for a very little period of my time, and then I immediately moved to business development and sales. Um, I started with Digital Equipment Corporation a long time ago. Uh, we were acquired by Compaq. Um, I was in Dubai for 27 years now, um, and I was in sales, became sales manager for the region, became general manager for the region. Then we were acquired by HP in 2001 when I was GM for the region. After that, I moved to Cisco in 2006, uh, where I was also leading the region uh, for Cisco. Then after that, I became a uh, global lead for Cisco Smart City and IoT business, then global lead for Cisco for our public sector business as vice president. And I left Cisco about a year and a half ago to become the CEO of Quantella, uh, which is one of the companies Cisco had invested in a while ago. So. That's briefly how I how I got here. Amazing. What an amazing journey. <laughs> so I've read your paper on the evolution of technology, technology consumption, and I've been enlightened by the outcome-based pricing model, or as you wrote, consumption 4.0, where customers are not paying for consumption, but rather become collaborative partners with the technology provider, as both strive to achieve mutually beneficial KPIs. Can you share with the audience what you see as the next evolution after consumption for So first, let me start by saying customers don't wake up in the morning thinking they want to buy a network from Cisco or they want to buy a data center or they want to buy, you know, uh, a software. Customers, if in public sector, for example, they want to save lives. They want to improve the quality of service to the citizens. They want to improve quality of life. If it's an enterprise, you know, they want to reduce cost, improve bottom line, and so on and so forth. These are the things that they try. And as a technology company, we are 
we're supposed to be enabling them to achieve these results. We're not supposed to be selling them technology. The tech industry is, is pretty new. And when it started, you were just selling a product to the customer. So when you went to Microsoft to buy Microsoft Office, you pay $200 and they ship you a CD with Microsoft Office in it on it that you download and you just use it as it is. That was 1.0. Mm-hmm. After that, you started going into a model where you say, I don't buy Microsoft Office anymore. I'm just going to subscribe to it. And you subscribe to the Microsoft Office service with all the packages and you pay a monthly fee that is much better for your operating expense and your cash flow than paying capital upfront. 3.0, while I don't really need all of Microsoft Office with all its bells and whistles, I only use two or three products. Can I just pay for what I use? So it's consumption-based pricing. Well, not very popular at the end at the at the at the consumer level yet, but it's very, very popular at the enterprise level. Mm-hmm. And 4.0, actually, I'm not gonna subscribe to any product at all. I'm just gonna subscribe to the outcome that I'm getting from the technology. So if I am saving energy, I'm willing to give you part of what I'm saving energy to fund your technology. I'm willing to give you part of the cost that I'm saving so that you can finance the capital needed to deploy the technology that will eventually cause me to save energy and reduce cost. If I am generating additional revenue, I'm willing to share some of that revenue with you, which will eventually find the capital needed and so on and so forth. And I think now we're gonna start talking instead of platform as a service and software as a service, and we're gonna talk about outcome as a service or value as a service. That's really what customers want. And technology is an enable enabler to re- achieve the outcomes and value that they're looking for. That's how I think about this model. And, and, and this is what we're doing in our business today. We go talk to our customers about what they are trying to achieve. And then the financial model behind it and business case is only to support it in order for us to be able to make it financially. But the result and what they buy and what they get out of us, they get the outcome. And that's the end of discussion. Super. Thanks a lot for the explanation. And I really like this idea. And we know that all around us, companies are faced with budgetary pressures of having to deliver more with less. And leaders are expected to maximize top-line growth whilst optimizing costs. And as a CEO of a scaled-up company that is on the trajectory of uninterrupted growth, how did you lead your organization to convert pipelines to actual sales? We were blessed uh, at the Uh, at uh, the the last period is that one of our shareholders is a private equity fund that understands the model of uh, the outcomes that we deliver to customers, understands the impact that our technology can do for our customers to achieve economic results and be able to take uh, an acceptable level of risk with us and convert this to um, a financing mechanism to to deploy the technology. Mm -hmm. So, This is how we, we converted a lot of well, all of our pipeline into actual projects by going to our customer and say, forget the technology, forget what you need, forget the specs, forget the competition, forget how much you're going to pay for it. All that does not really matter. What you really want to know is what will the technology achieve for you? And I need to commit to that result with you, convert that result into economic value, which I will then use in partnership with my financing partner to convert that into capital that finances the technology. Um, Our partner was very important in this discussion. That's number one. 
to be able that it gives us the trust and flexibility to use the capital uh, and and have access to capital. The second point is how close are we to our customers? We understand what they're looking for, and we by understanding that we talk their language. Um, we are not going pushing technology. We are going pulling results for them, and they like that. So that's the second point. The third point, which I believe is important, is we shifted our focus from um, small to medium, let's say, size transactions to large projects. Instead of having 50 transactions per month to make our numbers, we're now having three, four transactions per month to make our numbers. That's a huge difference from an operational perspective, pressure on the systems in the back and the background and everything else, is that we now work on large significant size projects. And we, we have built a lot of experience in managing the risk associated with that, but we are getting a, a lot less number of transactions, very focused on custom, customer outcomes. These are the three key things that we've done to, to convert the pipeline into actual revenue. Oh, wow. Thanks for sharing. It's super inspiring. One other question. How would you or and how would the way you manage customers and sales pipeline influence the way you manage performance within the organization? Um, actually, it's pretty well aligned uh, internally or externally. We measure results. And if you think about what I said earlier about how we price our product to customers, it's actually results based. If our technology does not deliver results to our customers, um, our customer, we don't make money. So we're very much focused at driving customer success because customer success means we get paid for what we have delivered. Internally, we're very much the same. Every uh, leader, every organization, every individual contributor, every middle manager, every everyone in the entire company has a balanced uh like a balanced scorecard, a, a, a set of goals that balances between the company objectives, the, 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 the organization objectives, his team objectives, and his, indivi his individual objectives in a balanced way. And you will find that when we put these measurement, these uh, performance criteria internally, I make sure that there is conflict and alignment. So I make sure that there is tension between different teams so I balance the performance of the company. If I'm growing too fast, I'm compromising margin. So some people will be on top line, some others will be on bottom line. And there will be competition between the two. I want revenue, but I want high quality revenue, not only revenue, as an example. Mm -hmm. Also... I make sure there is alignment. If I'm trying to reduce the cost of deploying the product, I will also put the same objective on the deployment team and the engineering team and the product management team. So all three of them have to work together because they're intertwined from a delivery perspective. Some of the objectives will have conflict between them to drive a positive tension and competition within the company. Some of the objectives will have alignment with them that you have to collaborate and cooperate across the organization. So... The, the, the overall uh, strategy is, or, 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 or theme is the same. Internal and external with, with results driven 100%. Internally, obviously, I have a lot more detail between the objectives, while external, it's all about trying to maximize the, the, the customer success to maximize our success. Okay. 
sounds like a very challenging approach. And now, before we, we wrap up this episode, I'm, I'm going to ask you four questions, which I would like you to respond with the first thing that comes to your mind. Would you be ready? Sure. All right, I'm ready. first one. Remote working is? The new normal. <laughs> Cities in 2030 would be? Uh, more sustainable. Okay. Even in bad times, we can create value if? Focus on customers. <laughs> And the best question any leader could ask him or herself to drive organic growth would be? What can I do better? <laughs> thank you so much, Amar. I really, really enjoyed our discussion. And thank you so much for joining us and sharing your insights. Um, for our listeners who would like to, to connect with you, what can they do to reach out to you? Um, LinkedIn is probably uh, the easiest thing. I'm on LinkedIn um, and, you know, that's my, my professional, let's say, social media engagement. But being part of the network, uh, I am on the WhatsApp group. Please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I'm guessing everybody's got my email. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very accessible. Super. Thank you so much, Amar. And uh, it was nice to talk to you. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Good luck. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Inspire Next Leadership, produced by Serene Cheng and Victor Ertl, with support from our friends in the STAR program. We look forward to having you in the next episode where we would be discussing 5G and cybersecurity. Until then, stay well and stay inspired.